felt this guilt. As I drove by this homeless man on the side of the street on a cold winter's night, I felt guilt. I made it all the way home into the parking lot before I decided to turn around and go back to that man. When I got back to him, he was gone. (laughs) So I drive around for a little bit and I eventually find him. I park my car, I get out, and I run up to him and I say, hey, 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 how you doing? My name is John, what's yours? And he kind of takes a few steps back. He looks at me in a weird way and he says, my name is Joshua, what's up? And I say, hey, you know, I was driving by and I saw you. I was wondering if you needed any food or anything I could do to help. And he says, no, no, there's nothing, you're fine. And I say, no, really, I can help you. I can go get some McDonald's or Taco Bell. What do you want? What do you like? And he says, no, really, man. If you want to help me, be nice to other people. I'm stunned. I don't know what to say. Here I am offering help to somebody that is in need of it. And he looks outwards. Before I can say another thing, He flips my question onto me, and he says, can I help you with anything? And I say, you know, I really like to talk to people. Do you want to walk and talk for a little bit? He says, sure, let's do it. So we walk and we talk on that cold winter's night. And our conversation begins to get very deep, and we talk about the things that matter to us. And... He broaches the topic of forgiveness, and he asked me my opinion on it. I explained to him that my opinions on forgiveness is deeply rooted in my belief in Jesus Christ. He says, are you Mormon? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. He says, cool, man. You know, I went on a mission. And I said, really? Where'd you serve? And he says, Brazil. My eyes light up. I say, no way, man. That's where I served. We talk about it a little bit. We're both smiling about it. But then the smile on his face runs away. As he says, Yeah, I I was able to serve, but I wasn't able to finish my mission. I say, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, I wasn't able to finish my mission either. He asked me, really, why? And so I tell him my story. I say, you know, I uh, I worked really hard to get out on a mission. I wanted to make sure that I was worthy. So that's what I did. I got worthy and I got prepared. But as soon as I reached the MTC, the Missionary Training Center, this feeling of doubt and guilt consumed me. Was I really worthy? So I ask a priest leader about it, and he tells me, Elder, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing, and don't pay heed to that feeling that you have. You are worthy. So that's what I try and do. But I can't help to be consumed by that feeling. I became anxious and obsessive. 
about whether I was worthy or not. And that anxiety eventually turned into depression. And I was deemed unsafe to be serving a mission. So I was sent home. And it was decided that I would not be able to return back on a mission. By this time, I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit. And Joshua turns and looks at me and he asks, Do you have OCD just like me? And I explain, Yeah, yeah, I do. You have OCD? He says, Yeah. And then he proceeds to recount his mission story and how it was very similar to mine. We talk for a long time after that. We talk about OCD and the struggles we have with it and our hopes for the future of overcoming it. At the end of our conversation, he looks at me and he says, man, I just wanna let you know that God loves you and he loves me too. I just don't understand why we can't get that in our heads. We hug and we go our separate ways. And ever since then, Joshua has helped me to understand that God loves me. That guilt that I would always feel isn't as present anymore. And I can honestly say Having a friend like Joshua Spencer has helped me to reach this point. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Joshua Spencer. I am joined here with Joshua Spencer. Now, Joshua is a very, very good friend of mine, and I'm not going to give him a formal introduction. All I'm going to say is I am very grateful that he is my friend, and I hope you guys will be able to see why during this interview. I'm John Blotter, and this is the Everyday People Podcast, and thank you, Joshua, for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'd like to start with a few icebreaker questions. And like I explained beforehand, I ask all my guests these icebreaker questions. And they're kind of to break the ice, essentially. They're fun, hypothetical questions that get us kind of thinking in a fun way. All right. Sounds good. Cool. So the first one, what are two people, who are two people you would like to see have a conversation in history? I would say two people I want to have see have a conversation in history would be Siddhartha uh, and I would say I think Alexander the Great great choice okay and lastly who makes you laugh the most uh, my mom your mom yeah cool <laughs> that concludes the icebreaker segment to start off I'd like to talk about your experience with being homeless okay uh, you've been homeless for how long now so I've been homeless on and off the streets uh, for about 12 years um, due to 
life situations and moving around a lot and you know of course certain choices that I've made you know that led me to the situation I've been in and that I am currently in yeah. and I'll, I'll talk to you about that uh, here during this show during the radio session cool and I'll let you know what you know actually led to the homelessness and um, sweet yeah so to start off why do you want to tell your story um, I want to tell my story to one help people have a, per, a perspective on the homeless life that they would never get otherwise and also to maybe help other people uh, homeless people to, you know to have people who aren't homeless and aren't on the streets to have a chance to receive more compassion from those who aren't homeless and have never lived a lifestyle and might not necessarily understand what the lifestyle is about, why it happens, what can lead, you know, what situations in life lead to homelessness and things like that. So let's kind of dive into those events that led up to you being homeless, both the decisions you made and the external factors. Um, what were some of the decisions you made that led to you being homeless? Well, I left my religion and I kind of disowned my family. I was involved with drugs and I kind of just gave up on myself really. I didn't really care about life. I, su I suffered from depression, chronic depression and OCD and uh, I also struggle with uh, borderline personality disorder and schizophrenia. So some of my mental health issues also played a factor in leading up to my homelessness, but also the drugs and just leaving my friends and my family behind. I kind of lost that support network, and I found myself on my own. And I, before I knew it, I was homeless. Yeah. Why did you leave your family? Um, I left my family because I didn't really, at the time, agree with their belief system. And we fought over beliefs a lot. And I was a young kid, you know, between the ages of 17 and 19 to 20 years old, you know. Uh, during those times in my life, I was rebellious. I didn't agree with anything my family said or their beliefs, and I kind of it was at that stage in my life where you start to mature into an adult, from a teenager to an adult, and you want to become your own person, and so that's really what was going on, is I wanted to be my own person, but I didn't know how to express myself, and I didn't have the life experience that I needed to support myself, and so it caused a fracture in the relationships with my family and my friends and I uh, eventually became very bitter towards people and so I just left and kind of abandoned everyone. Did you know that you would be homeless when you abandoned that life? Yeah, I not necessarily but when I started rebelling and when I started um, walking away from relationships and walking away from friendships 
and started abusing drugs and getting yeah. into alcohol, I could see it coming. You know, I could see in the distant future that yes, so, you know, something is going to happen. I'm going to lose uh, what I have established because I'm no longer a child or a teenager and I'm becoming an adult and my family cannot support me and my friends can't support me yeah. and I'm going to have to go to school you know and learn how to take care of myself and get a job so I wasn't I just wasn't ready for that because of my mental illnesses prevented me from thinking clearly enough to plan my future accordingly let's talk a little bit about your mental illness okay so how long have you been aware of your uh, different disorders and illnesses so the first illness that i became aware of was my depression which i've struggled with my whole life and then it was the ocd um, and when did you I, find these things out i found out i was ocd i um, was examined by a professional psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, whichever, and he told me that I had OCD because of I was constantly being down on myself, judging myself, constantly obsessing about being perfect, and I just couldn't measure up to the bar that I had set for myself. And so I found out I had OCD, and then later down the road, I developed schizophrenia, and I also have family members who have schizophrenia, so it runs in my family. And I developed schizophrenia probably in my late 20s, early early 30s. Okay. And upon discovering these things about yourself, how did your family react? Um, with love and compassion. They have loved me along the whole uh, the whole way they've always loved me they just they wanted they've always wanted what's best for me and they had to cut those relationships when I was using drugs and unstable mentally because they wanted to show me that I need to be independent I need to be able to take care of myself and rely on myself mm -hmm. that I can't really rely on anybody else to take care of me and provide my needs so they were supportive of you leaving? No, they were supportive of me learning how to take care of myself okay. and go, get into school and educate myself gotcha. and become mastered in, with certain skills that would help provide a good life, help me provide a good life for myself. Have you had contact with them? Yes. Recently? Yes, I have. Cool. And where do they live? Um, I have family that lives here in Utah, and I also have family in Idaho and Colorado. Right. Um, as I also have family in Michigan, I believe. Do you believe there's misunderstanding between you and your family about who you are? Um, I don't think so. Okay. That there might be some family members who misunderstand me. Um, you know, when I was using drugs, I, I was taking a lot of pills and drinking a lot of alcohol, so I'd have lots of angry outbursts. And having chronic depression and borderline personality disorder, 
I had problems with managing my emotions. So I'd have angry outbursts and say hurtful things and attack people like my friends and my family and people and just random strangers even. And um, also my therapists, my psychiatrists, my support network, people like that I would attack and get angry at. And um, it became a problem for myself and it also became a problem for them. And that's when the homelessness became even worse. And I was having a hard time uh, taking care of myself. Touching more on your mental illness, what would you say are some of the main takeaways and main lessons you've learned? Some of the main lessons I've learned are respect, compassion, forgiveness, and patience. Do you have specific examples or anecdotes to help describe those things that you've learned? Um, so I've had many conversations with different people such as bishops and psychiatrists and therapists and one thing I've learned is to always be present in the moment, mm. to not dwell on the past and not to think about the future because the past is already past and there's nothing we can do to change it and the future hasn't happened yet that's tomorrow so live for today and do your best and you know do whatever you can to be the best person you can today and do better than you did yesterday yeah. and what do you do to be better each day you strive to learn from your mistakes and do better than you did yesterday. Without your trials of mental illness, do you believe you would have learned that lesson? Um, I don't think so, no. no. Do you think a lot of the things that make who you are today is because of the trials that you have endured? Yes, definitely. The person you are today, would you say that you were happy? Um... I would say yes, I'm happy compared to how I was back then in my younger uh, years. Okay. I'm definitely happier today, yes. Yeah. Touching on those younger years, I think it's important that we understand the past in order to understand the future. I mean, the present. <laughs> <laughs> or the future, I guess, for that matter. Um, so when you were younger, what were you like? Um... It depends on the age. Okay. Uh, I'll start at when I say age th three to five. Yeah. Uh, very explorative child, curious and loved everything. Just, you know, wanted to soak it all up and explore everything and get to know this world that I lived in because it was all so new to me. And as I got older, um, when I was about the age of five to six, maybe towards the age of eight, I became very um, in tune with my thoughts, thinking and contemplating mm -hmm. about life. What is it about? Who am I? Where am I from? What is the purpose of all of this? And who am I? You know, that, that was the main question I asked myself was, who am I? Really? At the age of eight? Yes, and um, 
after the age of eight, I was baptized uh, into the LDS church as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I started to develop a relationship with Christ, Jesus Christ. And I um, started becoming um, spiritual, but at the same time, I also had a rebellious side to me. So when I was about 12 to 13, maybe all the way up to 17, um, I left that spiritual um, childlike nature and became more rebellious. And it seemed like I felt as though I, people wanted to tell me who I should be. And I couldn't see that people just wanted what was best for me. And they just wanted to provide a good life for me and show me what gave them the happiness that they had. And I'm, you know, being a young child, you misinterpret or you perceive things different. Yeah. So you rebelled because of the misunderstanding. Exactly. Um, mm. But let me talk about my... Uh, I would say between the ages of 19 to 25, um, I developed a very, very deep spirituality. And this had to do with my homelessness um, and also had to do with the the relationships that I left behind. I found myself alone. I had no one to turn to. I was homeless on the streets. I had nothing barely any food to eat, no money, no shelter. And I started asking those questions again. Who am I? Where am I from? What What is the purpose of all of this? And for, uh, I'd say, five years, that's all I thought about every day. Really? And eventually I, um, I wouldn't say converted, but I became in tune with myself, inside myself, my inner self, and my spirit and my soul and my relationship with um, some people call him Heavenly Father, some people call it the universe or source or the infinite source of love. There's many different names for it. Yeah. You can call him God. And I, I developed a relationship with myself and God and developed a, a deep sense of spirituality because of it. How did that relationship forming period with you and God affect you as a person? Pos very positively. Positively. How? I became more patient as a person. I had more compassion. I under had more understanding for people. I saw people for who they really are. And, you know, no one's perfect. Yeah. We all make mistakes. We're all trying to be happy in this life. We're trying to get by. And we're all trying to learn what this is all about and who we are and okay. so it helps open up my eyes to see people that they were just the same as me and that it's okay to love them and to have compassion and that there really is no such thing as hate or fear or anger it, those are just illusions uh, that or ego that we create in our own mind <laughs> our per, like perceptions of who someone is when we really don't know who they are. Yeah. 
and God helped to help open my eyes and help me see people as they really are. You being homeless, do you believe that people see you as you really are? No, I don't. Um, different people see different things. You know, some people will see a homeless person on the side of the road and think, oh, they need to get a job. You know, they need to quit being so lazy and get a job and get off the streets or you know, they're probably on drugs or alcohol and this is why they're in the situation they're in because choices they made, which, you know, part of it is true. Sometimes homelessness is a result of choices people make, but also unfortunate life circumstances can lead to homelessness. You never know what someone's been through. Their home could have burned down and they could have lost everything. Um, a family member could have died and they, they might suffer from mental illness like I do. Um, there's many different reasons uh, why someone might be homeless, but it doesn't mean that they're bad people. But, yeah. Definitely. Quick thought I had. Before you had become homeless, what did you perceive homeless people around you to be? I didn't really actually notice homeless people mm. a lot. I kind of passed them by or, yeah, I would pass them by or, or see them and not really acknowledge. I, I would see th that there was a person who seemed to be struggling and that was different from the rest of the people around me. But I didn't know at the time when I was a child what homelessness was. And as I got older, I... You know, during my teenage years in high school, I, I didn't think about that. But as an adult, experiencing homelessness, I finally saw homelessness. Gotcha. Do you believe that lack of awareness is how a lot of people feel about the homeless? I don't necessarily think it's lack of awareness. I think it's lack of another individual. It's... Mm -hmm. Because people, everyone is trying to get by in their daily lives. They're so busy taking care of themselves and their family that it's not that they don't notice the homeless person. It's just that they don't acknowledge it because inside their heart and inside their mind, they're thinking, well, what can I do for this person? What I can barely, I'm barely making it by myself. You know, I'm getting by paycheck to paycheck. I really can't help this person out in any way so they they block it out of their mind and they ignore the fact that yes this person is homeless and they need help because there's nothing they can really do for that person gotcha. what would you say to those people that can't help with monetary needs but still have a desire to do so I would say the best way to help a homeless person is to have compassion don't judge them love them for who they are and show them that you care do something good for them um smile say hi wave it starts with good intentions and then you can do better things such as help them uh, donate clothes to them or food uh, tents stuff to provide them with shelter it doesn't have to be monetarily 
if you, I mean, if someone can help monetarily, then sure, help them out monetarily, but that's not going to really fix their situation. I think also to educate them, to help them figure out how to get out of their situation. I'd say education and compassion and being a good person towards them is the best thing you could do for a homeless person if you're not homeless and on the street yourself. And talking about your personal experience of people passing you by physically and metaphorically, what emotions do you feel when that happens? Well, when I first started uh, my homeless journey, I, I call it my homeless journey because uh, I've been homeless on and off through out 12 years of suffering from my mental illness and my addictions as I healed those addictions and those mental illnesses I'm, I'm still healing from them but as I got older I gained more experience and at first I was angry I was bitter and thought oh they're just judging me because they think they're better than me but as I got older and wiser through experience, I realized that, you know what, they're just like me. They just don't have the uh, means to help me. But I know they would if they could. Or I, I know that people are good in their hearts. They just don't know how to help because they also lack that education. You know, they don't know themselves what to do. Gotcha. So you believe that most people prefer empathy over apathy? Yes, definitely. I believe that the good in people outweighs the bad. I've heard it said uh, before that everyone is born with the light of Christ or everyone is born with intuition or a good side to them. Yeah. They're innocent children. We all have good inside of us, and we all want to do good. Who do you think others perceive you to be when they pass you on the street? I think that people perceive me to be their worst fear. Um, because they see, when we judge another person or we look at another person and we see something we don't like, we're really just judging ourselves. Or we're perceiving something that we're afraid of and to experience ourselves or stuff that we see inside of ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge. Worst fear. What made you come to that conclusion? Uh, my belief in Buddhism. And can you expound on that? Well, Buddhism teaches the science and the spiritual understanding of the self, first of all, yeah. over anything. And then after that comes the relationship with the universe or higher consciousness and basically if you understand the way the universe works we everything comes from the same source and it's all one source it's all one energy everything is frequency and energy but we all perceive ourselves as individuals mm. we are individuals we are we're not separate from each other though we all come from the same place okay and people perceive themselves as different um 
people believe in different religions, different gods, and they sometimes the wars are fought over religion or money or greed or and that's all because of fear and people see themselves as different from another person and conflicts happen and this is what the problem that actually led me to the homelessness is I perceived myself as different from people sometimes I thought I was better than others or sometimes I looked down on myself and thought uh, that person's better than me so, so sorry to take so much time answering that question no no no, no. I'm grateful you did grateful you did take that time well I'd like to move along uh, and talk a little bit about service uh to preface this, I have to say every single time that we have hung out and I asked, how was your day? What'd you do? I can't think of literally a single time where you didn't say, oh, I went and helped a friend with this. I went and helped someone with this. I've made someone's days brighter, essentially. That's what I hear. Yes. So why do you spend your days in the service of others? Because that gives me happiness. It makes me happy. And I also enjoy, I realize that we, this life is temporary and we don't take what we have with us after we die, you know, the materialistic things, but we do take the experiences we've had with us. Would you say that your experience with homelessness helped you to come to that conclusion about the unimportance of materialism yes okay um mat- well materialism is not bad okay. it's okay to have materialistic things but when it becomes a thing of greed and hoarding or hurting others to get gain then it becomes a problem okay and what helped you to discover that service is what made you happy just doing it yeah, just helping others, seeing the smile on their face, seeing them happy, seeing how it affected their lives in a positive way, and actually seeing that it was making a difference in their lives. That's what made me want to serve others, like help people. Yeah. Have you been like that your whole life? No. No. Um, during my younger ages, um, I'd say in my teenage years, it was more about what can I do to make myself happy and feel good with things like materialistic possessions or uh, like music or movies and television and food and candy and friends and people giving me gifts and you know just me 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 but then slowly it was like a flower it just bloomed into you know maybe it's not about me but it's about all of us. Yeah. Was there a experience, a specific experience that helped you really realize that? Yes. So I used to work at Wendy's and I would close the store, help my manager close the store. And I was kind of having an anxiety attack. My manager was giving me a ride home, and my heart was pounding really fast. I was having an anxiety attack. I didn't feel good. I was like, something's not right. And uh, 
I rolled the car window down just, you know, I would say about maybe five, six inches, just enough to get some fresh air and smoke a cigarette at the time. And a raindrop hit my arm. And, she, you know, she was playing really loud music, like blasting rap, gangster rap and stuff like that, which was probably adding to the anxiety. But as soon as that raindrop hit my arm, everything just stopped. It was like quiet silence, the music, the anxiety, everything just went away for like, I would say a minute, maybe a split second. I don't know how long it was, but it felt like an eternity. And that's when I realized that there was something to do with nature or the universe or God that gave me peace. And ever since then, I've been searching for, for that same feeling, that same peace. Does the peace ebb and flow with the amount of service that you give unto others? Yes, definitely. The more I serve people, the more I help other people out, the more selfless that I am, the happier I become. I don't know why. I can't explain it. That's just how it works. I think it's because when we put good things out into the universe we get good things back and we also feel good about ourselves because we're being constructive instead of destructive that in my opinion yeah. i have a quote for you all right and this is by mahatma gandhi and it reads the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others does that resonate with you Totally, 100%. Do you believe you were trying to find yourself when you were serving others? I think so, yeah. Have you found out partially who you are? Partially, yes. Not fully. I think it takes a lifetime, possibly many lifetimes. And in my belief, it, it can take many lifetimes or a lifetime, depending on what you believe, to many years or weeks months years whatever to learn who you are yeah. and could you tell me who do you think you are i am a child of god i am a being a sentient being of this universe i am one with my brothers and sisters i am love incarnated into a body and so is everybody else they're created by their God or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Well, Joshua, that concludes the interview. Um, and in closing, I just want to say I truly am grateful for you as a friend. Thank you. And I mean that with all my heart. And I, uh, you've helped me with a lot of things in my life. And I'm glad that we met that one day, and I'm glad that we keep being friends. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that, and I'm glad to be your friend as well. I'm happy that I met you, and you've helped me out very much as well. So thank you so much. Of course, of course. Anytime, anything for you. Well, that concludes this episode. This is the Everyday People Podcast. I'm John Blotter. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Joshua, Joshua Spencer. Spencer. Thank you. Thank you.
everybody deserves a chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know needs their story told, please contact me at my email, which can be found on my profile, or you can head to my Twitter page where you will find a Google Sheet where you can input the name and contact info of the person you would like interviewed. Please comment and subscribe and tune in weekly for more episodes of Everyday People with John Blotter. Thank you again and have a good rest of your week.